0: My voice is very scratchy, so you're gonna have to pay very close attention today. I'm gonna to talk in the mic as close as I can and as loud as I can. I spent every uh, ounce of my voice yesterday um, shouting at the state house, uh, trying to save paychecks. There's a law passed yesterday that, uh, usually, in every state it's ever been passed, lowers wages by fifteen hundred to fifty-four hundred dollars on average. Per person, for a year, passed yesterday, and I was down there screaming and hollering for three hours, trying to get them to at least listen. About 3,500 people with us doing it, and they still passed it anyway. So the voices wasn't heard, but I spent it all I had. And if I want to use my voice for that kind of stuff, for this earthly stuff, I want to spend my voice that much more for the things of God. And uh, I want to declare to you today some things, some truths, out of God's word. I want to describe one thing for sure. Uh, It's beginning of the year, it's a new year, it's a new uh, season for Bethesda, a new time, and I'm expecting great things from God for Bethesda and what He's going to lead and guide us through this year. I feel like uh, uh, years ago I used to go by one word a year, that that God would give me a word for the year, and it was our entire uh, theme for the year. And this year I feel like God has given me that sense back again. I was away from it for a while, and usually, like last two years, we've done strictly sermon series all year long. It will go from one series to the next. It's just series after series, but I feel like this year that God's leading us on a different direction. We're going to have five sermon series this year. They're spread out over time, but other than that, there will be independent sermons uh, just week by week. We uh, won't have any really theme or topic that deals with anything in, in, in a sequence, but the, the word for the year is mission. Not missionaries that's one of the sermon series of title is missionaries there's a sermon title uh, series titled intermission there's one called transmission there's all kinds of mission series the five series will everyone have the word mission in it but i believe it's the word for the year-long journey that we're going to be on this year, year and i'm expecting god to do some great things at bethesda it's a year for change it's a year that god is trans- going to transform us I-, I promise you by the end of the year you're going to look around and it's not going to be the same I'm expecting the seats to be full amen if we're on mission and we do these two words right up here it tells us to do what the scripture describes for us we will affect people's lives and lives will be changed and I don't know who you should have sitting in the seat beside of you but you need to be thinking about who should that be because God's going to give you a mission and how to accomplish that they didn't get to the moon by just deciding one day to get in a ship and take off there's a lot of legwork went into that, years and years and years of preparation to get there. And we've been here six years, but I feel like it's a year of mission. Look to your neighbor and say, it's gonna be a mission type year. I didn't, I didn't feel any enthusiasm. Did, did, did you feel any enthusiasm, Dusty? I think, I think it needs to be a little better tonight. My voice won't do it, but I can't get real loud. So uh, Lori, please tell Sean in a very uh, stern and meaningful loud voice that it's gonna be a year of mission. Uh, yeah, I think he caught your drift I, I, I think he knows Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you got him Why don't we all do it again Let's try again Let's, let's put a little more heart in it this time like, like that that's actually what God wants us to do this year That God wants us to be on a mission So tell your neighbor on both sides of you And if you don't have anybody on both sides of you Turn around and holler at somebody else So everybody here This is, feels like a year of God's mission That's a little more enthusiasm. I kind of like it. I, I'm starting to feel it. I like it. It's good. It's good. Uh, today's sermon, uh, Leslie's got it on the screen. It's called "Learning to Hear Even a Whisper." And when you know that God would have, I've had these uh, sermons. I write my sermon titles out a year in advance, so I get all of them wrote down on a calendar in an Excel spreadsheet. For I got the whole year lined out already. I don't know the chapter and verse, but I know the title and I know the theme of what it's about for the entire year so it's it's no accident what God does and wouldn't you know that he would He would write a sermon series weeks and weeks ago uh, to call it learning to hear even a whisper when I was not going to have my voice <laughs> he knows in advance better than we know ourselves so I want us to go to the book of Exodus if you will Exodus, and there's a, a text in Exodus chapter 20 that I want us to look at that uh, lets us know Uh, How to listen to God's voice How to listen to God's voice Because we all need to listen Amen Not just speak but listen Exodus chapter 20 verse 18 Now when all the people saw the thunder and flashes of lightning And the sound of the trumpet And the mountain smoking The people were afraid and trembled And they stood afar off And he said to Moses, you speak to us, we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. God, we're joyful in this place. Lord, our hearts are full, expecting great things in this year to come. And God, I just ask today that you would awaken the hearts of every individual in this room. Lord, that you would just stir them up. Lord, move them, just as your word said when you po- had Paul to pin that down to Timothy, for people to stir up the gift that was within them. God, I pray today as we listen, and Lord, we learn how to hear, Lord, that you, tra- you will transform lives in this place. And God, that people will walk out changed today, and they'll be changed the remainder of the year. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. As we look at this text, I don't think we should ever go to a text and take it out of context because we'll come up with some false theology or false doctrine. And we talked about that last uh, Wednesday night about learning what scripture is and what the word of God means and everybody was here, I think it was uh, uh, at both campuses had a really good time uh, deciding and determining that God's word is first and foremost in our lives. So as as this text is here in, in Exodus chapter 20, I think we have to learn the context that they were in to understand and get the true meaning about what it's like to hear even a whisper. You see, because the children of God had got to a place where that they couldn't hear uh, through Moses, they wanted to hear for themselves, And that's a good thing. I think the people of God, the creation that God created, he wants an individual relationship with every person in this room. I'm so tickled to death at my brother came to my house on a Wednesday night with tears falling down his face and sat on my couch and said, Ben, I don't even know what to pray. Will you pray with me? Because I need to get right with God because my life's a mess and God can fix it. Amen? Amen. That's a joyful thing. And you've got to be able to hear. In my brother's heart, it wasn't his mind telling him that. It was his heart telling him that. And you've got to hear what the voice of God is saying to you. And God is always speaking. And if he's not speaking that word that you can feel like he's impressing something on your heart, he does always and will always speak through his word. So if you feel like you're going through a dry season in your life and it may be a battle, maybe there's tribulation, maybe there's uh, tumultuous times are upon you, what do you do? Get in the word of God. Find a scripture, write it down, make it plain, claim it as your own, and God will move on your behalf because his word is true. He shall not lie. He said, I am God. I lie not. And he said he won't even change. His word is not going to change. He's not going to say, well, next week I think I'll just change that. I don't like that verse there in in Exodus chapter 20. I'm just going to take that out now. It's going to be there until God comes back and sets up his kingdom in heaven forever. And then the word's going to stay the same then too. Moses will be there with us. So as we put this in context a little bit and understand about what's going on. The, you have to go back all the way back I really believe that all of Exodus is about Moses and about the children of Israel and understanding that 6 million people were in slavery 6 million people in slavery and as you look at that that they went into slavery willingly whenever Joseph was down up there in Israel and he was up there with his dad and his brothers sold him into slavery and he went down into Egypt and ended up in the kingdom's palace and next thing you know the Pharaoh anointed him and given him all this power to have authority over all of Egypt. And Joseph has the things really going on in his life and his brothers end up in the midst of a famine. They decide willingly to walk down into Egypt and ask Egypt to help them because they need food. And during a fast, talking about food. You will do anything for food when you're starving. And the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, sold themselves into slavery willingly. They walked into Egypt willingly and bowed down before their brother Joseph and said, we will stay here as long as there's food. We've We've got to try hard, church. And not falling to the temptation of everything that our, our belly desires or our heart desires Have fallen into temptation and willingly bowing down before other gods Because that's not God's purpose, that's not God's plan God didn't say I give you the land of Egypt He said I give you this land where your, land, where your feet shall trod That's the land I'll give Israel That's what he told Abraham But he ended up in Egypt So those are there Trying times. There's a lot of bad things going on. I loved it this morning at Vanceburg Campus because there's three little babies less than two years old, and they was running like wild men all over the place. Lily was there. She's a wild woman. But, I mean, it's three kids just tearing it up. I mean, they are throwing balls at me. everything. It's just awesome. I love it. I, t- I am tickled to death, amen, that there's kids in church. Some churches are like, man, can't that parent make them mind? What's wrong with that parent? They're two years old. I assure assure you, your kids didn't act perfect when they was two years old. Aaron still don't act perfect. She's older than that. I got a good amen corner over here now. So in Egypt, as all the six million, they they grew into tribes, and they took them into slavery, and they started making them like bricks. and, And Pharaoh began to get worried because there were so many of them. There were six million people. Living in his in his nation now as slaves, and he started getting scared. It's kind of like our nation that we live in today. Whenever you get another group of people come in, that looks like they're going to outnumber you, we start getting afraid. Amen? Amen. We've all heard these terms. Send them Mexicans back to Mexico. They're up here taking our work. They're taking our jobs. They're taking all that, and they don't they don't even know how to talk English. We how many said all these things I'm talking about. Why, you bunch of chickens, I know you have. But the Bible speaks very specifically about how you treat the sojourner. God tells us to have mercy on them because we need him to have mercy on us. He tells us to have grace on them because we need to have his grace on us. Amen? So as this is happening, and they're down there, Pharaoh begins to get scared, and, and they're all they're all by now they're six million strong, and they're, and they're still having kids. And he's like, I gotta do something. So he makes this decree, and he says, every baby that's born, you gotta take it out and throw it in the river. Kill every baby that's born and throw it in the river, from all the Israelites. Can you imagine that? And as i was sitting there this morning at the Mansburg campus, them three little two-year-olds running around, they would have been floating in a river on the bottom, and the catfish would have been eating them. Graphic stuff, but it's true. It's what happened. And there's one little Israelite woman that was there that got pregnant. And I'm sure at the, at the time of conception, when she uh, understood that she was with child, that that a, that, a, that a, 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 a anguish come on her, cause she knew what was going to have to happen, cause the decree of the king was, or the the pharaoh was, that you had to throw the kid in the in in the river when it was born. Scary. The whole time she's sitting there thinking, nine months goes by, she gives birth to the baby. Can you imagine sitting there holding that baby and looking at a gift from God? You have to determine in your heart, am I going to follow man or am I going to follow God? If you've got faith, God can change your future. If you've got faith, God can change your future. And this mother sitting there looking at baby, she says, "I've got to put it in a river," but then she devised this plan and said, "I'm going to cover it with this bulrush and I'm going to take it down and lay it in the river, and 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 God can take care of the baby that way. It'll float down the river." She didn't throw it in without anything. She protected the baby we all know the story that as the baby's there that Pharaoh's very daughter in his own house was out there and walked into the river that day because they took a bath there because they didn't have running water, she's out there bathing the little baby's crying over in the reeds and it's like yeah she walks over, picks the baby up oh look at the little beautiful baby here that I found and it come up out of the water so I'll name him Moses and that's what the name Moses means to be pulled out of to be drawn out of, she took him out of the water and she raised him in her own house as her own and he stayed in the home for the whole for his life living up he, he was born of a servant of a slave and ended up living in the palace raised by the Pharaoh that decreed him to die it's just like us every one of us you're destined to be dead because if the enemy can get his hands on your life, he will kill you. It's what the scripture teaches. He will kill, steal, and destroy. That's his that's his method, that's his motive, that's what he's gonna do. He wants to kill you. He wants you dead. At seventeen years old, I breathed the fumes, fell on the water, ground, and I died. I was supposed to be dead. But God. Everybody say, But God. If it wasn't for God, you would be dead too. Because the devil, that's all he wants, is take as many to hell with him as he can take. But I'm here to tell you today that as Moses was pulled out of that out of that river that morning and raised by this uh, uh, princess. Uh, 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 of the pharaoh uh, that he lived a good life and had a good life and and it, but as he began to grow up and he began to understand and I'm sure they begin to tell him and he's seen that he was a little different skin color maybe than the people of, of, of the egypt and he, he was sitting there looking he's like i'm a little different than you and then he got to looking out there at all the slaves running around everywhere making bricks and he looked at them and he's like well i'm'm I'm, I'm more skin colored like you I'm kind of like you and he and then finally I'm sure they devised to him and, and told him that uh, uh, yeah, yeah yeah you come from the slaves but we raised you so he had to decide where did I come from. And the Bible says at forty years old that Moses was out there, and and, and he's walking through there one day. And and, and anybody in Egypt in the, in the upper echelons, they they dressed different. They had a nice dress. They had these headpieces. And you know, you've watched all the videos on Egypt and how the pyramids was built and all the things that the Pharaohs done. Moses walking through one day, and his 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 cousins, maybe it was his his aunt or his. Or his brothers were over there making bricks, and he's walking by, and it's one of his very own people, the the children of Israel, was making bricks, and one of the Egyptians was beaten on one of these these slaves, and and we shouldn't beat down on somebody that's doing our bid, amen. So they're sitting there beating him, and, and something the anger rises up in Moses, and when the anger starts to stir him, he walks over and he gets mad, and he tells the guy, "Quit beating on my cousin." The guy doesn't quit; he keeps beating him. The Bible says that Moses kills the Egyptian that was beating the slave. And he buried him in the ground. He put him beneath the dirt and buried him because he wanted to... And, 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 and he knew. Moses knew because he was God had spoke to him, I'm sure. God, God gave us all a conscience. We know right from wrong. You don't kill people. You don't have to have the Ten Commandments in your window to know that it's wrong to kill somebody. Your heart will tell you that. So Moses does is he tries to cover up his sin, but just in a few days he's walking around, and one of the other ones said, well, will you kill us like you did that other guy? Somebody saw. The Bible says that your sin will find you out. You can't hide from God. Moses gets scared, and he gets, begins to think, what are they going to do? Are they going to bring me up to trial? Are they going to put me in prison? What's going to happen? They're going to do away with me. What? And he takes off running, and then he flees into the wilderness. He's 40 years old when this happens, Greg. I just turned 40 this past year. I'm 40 years old right now. I can't imagine living my life in the comfort that I have in America and uh, understanding with all the freedoms I've got to read my Bible when I want, to drive to work when I want, to to go to McDonald's when I want, to fast when I want, do whatever I want. I'm in a land of the free. Moses had that freedom. And to be cast out and taken over and planted in a wilderness experience like a, a desert. It was a desert. he heads up into this desert. I can't imagine what it feels like to be totally alone. Are you following my story? It's Bible. Moses gets up there and he does what carnal nature always does. If a man's alone, he seeks somebody else. And usually it's somebody of the opposite sex. And he goes and finds himself a wife of Jethro when Jethro gives him his daughter hand in marriage they have kids it's amazing A 40 year old that was raised in the Pharaoh's house is out in the wilderness having babies with a shepherd's daughter we don't know what God's plan is Amen. We might think we know what God's mission is for us, but if we just depend on God and say, not my will but yours be done, it'll be a changed atmosphere for us. So as we think about this, walk with me with this. Moses ends up 40-year-old out here and having these kids, having this new father-in-law. A father in law is a good thing. Amen. I love my father-in-law. He's a godly man. He loves God. He prays. He witnesses. He prays for everybody in this room, I'm telling you. My mother-in-law, same way. They wake up every morning of their life, read their Bible, and pray. I thank God for that. Thank God for my wife, Ernie. Thank you for making Leslie. at forty years old he begins to and the thing is Moses' problem is he tries to fix stuff himself sounds pretty familiar don't it that's I like anybody in this room maybe there's somebody else in here who's always tried to fix your own junk rather than waiting on God and doing what he wants waiting for his will so at forty years old he ends up out in the wilderness starts having babies gets fallen all everything's going to this hunky door and he's just out there leading the sheep and he does this for forty more years and at 80 years old, that's as old as Sister Joanne or, or my grandmother, Francis. that kind of, where's Francis? Not feeling good, pray for Francis. 80 years old, out there herding sheep, Lori, around the side of a mountain. And he's leading them around the side of the mountain. And, he, and, and, and as he's going through there, something in his heart began to long, I'm sure, at 80 years old for family. I was told this this past week. When you get up in age, and up, and I'm talking really up in age, like what the 70s and 80s like that, you begin to long for people to come just to see you. My great-grandmother, Opie, lived up into her 90s, and if you just walked through the door, that was the biggest blessing in her life. She could care less whether she ate that day or not. It was, was did somebody come through my door? And were they family? Family is everything, Aaron, I promise you. And I'm sure there was a longing in Moses' heart Wishing I wish I could go back to my people The Bible says that God knows The desires of your heart And he won't withhold any Good thing from you and As he began to long for his Family dusty, Leading sheep One day he was walking around the side of the hill The Bible says that there was A bush And it was on fire Have you ever seen anything burn, your papaw burns garbage, don't need a garbage barrel. Go down and put a big box in the garbage barrel. What happens? You light it, it gets on fire, it burns, then it burns away and the fire goes out, right? That's what fires do. They burn, they go out. But Moses began to watch this because he was listening to a still, small voice. Something was on the inside of his heart causing his heart to beat a little faster. Something different here. Something is in the neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters, why not? But as he hears this and knows that something's different, he senses something different. God gives us the ability to sense when his presence is around us. And if you want to learn to hear God's voice better, turn on some praise and worship music in your car. Begin to praise him driving down the road. Worship him in spirit and in truth. The Bible says that he will inhabit the praises of his people. I assure you, if, if you get, and I'm not saying he's not already there, because God's presence is always with us. He's, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. But there is something different when he comes in, and you can feel his glory fill your space. Amen. I done it this morning, driving between Orangeburg and and, and Vanceburg. I had the praise and worship music on the radio station and listen to it. I was a tap my hand, beat my feet, and singing and praising God. Coming up, and I knew that God was riding with me to go from one place to the next. It happened yesterday. I was driving down the road and when I was coming back from, from Frankfurt, and I was coming up through uh, Route 11 there between Mount Sterling and 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 Tolesboro, Flemingsburg. I was coming up through there and and I was driving and just had some music playing and just really getting into it and feeling God and worshiping God and thanking Him for His grace and mercy in my life and and just being grateful for who God's been to me. He's been faithful, church. He's been faithful to me. He's been faithful to you. And as I was driving through there, I just sensed God. And I, I looked over, Lori, and when I looked over, there was a church out right on the side of the road a brand new church they just built it's a big gravel parking lot around it it's a nice looking building a nice looking place and, and something within me spoke turn around and go back and pray for that church pray for that pastor my heart began to beat and I just kept driving a little bit farther you know how you do yeah I'm just going to keep no, no you ain't going to keep going because God didn't let up I went about a mile, Sean, and I turned around and I drove back and went back down to that church and got out and stood before that door and I stood there and stretched my hand out and I prayed over that church. I prayed blessings over that church. I prayed protection. I prayed harmony. I prayed financial blessings. Whatever they need, God give them what you need. I don't know why he had me to stop there, but he wanted me to. And if that's what he wanted, that's what I'm going to do. Because I want to listen when his voice speaks to me. I want to be attentive to his voice, Ernie. And as I stood there praying, and I, I I went back and got in the truck and drove up the sign, seen the pastor's name, looked him up on Facebook and shot him a, a text message on, or whatever it's called, a message on, on, on Facebook and told him, said, Hey, I just stopped by your church. The Holy Spirit quickened me. I stopped and went and, and prayed for your church. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying blessings on you. He said, Thank you, Pastor. You don't know what it means to a pastor when they hear somebody's praying. I'm telling you, there's weary times in pastoring, ain't they, Dusty? when you lay up all night long laying in the bed, can't sleep worried about trouble going on in people's lives and praying and saying, God, move and when somebody prays, it means everything Greg, I promise you but if we're just obedient to what he tells us to do it'll all be good Moses, why is that bush burning? not going away the Bible says that God is an all consuming fire an all consuming fire and when he begins to burn he don't quit and I'm praying this year that I get on fire for God I'm tired of straddling the fence and playing the games yeah yeah feels pretty good this week and not so good this week pretty good this week and uh, not so good this week. I want the fire of God in my life. Amen. I want the power of God transforming my life from the inside out. Clean my heart, God. Renew a right spirit in me, God. And if we pray those type of prayers, we'll receive those type of things. So as I see this, and, I, and Moses is there and he sees it ain't burning. He's like, what's going on? Why won't that bush burn? What's wrong with that picture anyway? i got, I got to figure out something here. And, and he walks up to the bush and he's, he's standing there just staring at the bush looking into it real intently. What's going on? Something's different. And he gets close enough. And finally a thunderous voice comes out of that bush. And Mark, it says this. Moses, the ground you're on is holy ground. Take off your shoes. The Bible says that Moses unlashed his sandals and stood there on his naked feet before a burning fire and God's voice began to rumble out to an 80 year old man that thought life was over I don't care how old you are God is not done until you take your last breath amen it's never over it ain't over until it's over and I'm telling you God is still in control don't give up church I don't care what your faith don't give up because it don't matter what you've, you've been in life. You might be eighty years old and, and stand there thinking there's no purpose and there's no plan. I don't I don't understand any of this. Just keep your faith in God. He'll move. Yeah. Moses standing there looking at this bush and the bush begins to talk. I'm sure that'd freak you out. It'd freak me out. Amen. If I went up to a garbage barrel, it was burning and wouldn't quit burning, and I finally got up close enough and he told me to take my shoes off. The barrel did, I'd be like, Okay, I'll take my shoes off. Yeah. Amen. I'm gonna listen. And as he's standing there, the voice of God comes out and says, Moses, go back and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He didn't say go back and tell Pharaoh to let your people go. He said go back and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses, standing there, his knees begin to quake begins to get scared, he's like, but God, I can't do that. I stammer, I stutter, I can't do it. I can't talk in front of people. This ain't gonna work, God. You're, you got the wrong man. I am a year old out on the hillside walking around with some sheep. What are you trying to tell me to go back and tell the king of, 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 of Egypt to go tell him anything? I, I don't, I, I'm just a shepherd now. I'm, I'm no longer anything in Egypt. You, you got the wrong guy, God, and God said, no, I know exactly who you are. And you're well equipped to do what I'm calling you to do. And I'm telling every person in this room right now, the gifts and callings that God has put within you, the Bible says they're without repentance. He will not relent until you use your gift that he's given you, Sean. I promise you. Every individual in here has a gift to be used for God's kingdom. Everybody ain't going to be pastoring. Everybody ain't going to be down there doing what Miss Karen's done, But we're all to do what we're supposed to do. It's a year of mission. What's your mission? What are you, what's your part? Don't sit back and let everybody else do all of it. Find something. Usually in any organization you're in, 10% of people do 90% of the work. And I'm telling you, the doors on this church wouldn't be open and we wouldn't have clean floors if Greg Hall didn't come over here uh, through the week and on, on Sunday morning to come over here with a vacuum and run around and cleaning these floors. The grass would have been head high if, if Sean would not to come up here all summer long. Every week, I've seen him. I stopped in here to be in here. and He'd just get off of work and come in here, and he'd be sweating. He'd be like, man, I'm tired. I want to go home and go sit down on the couch, but I'm down here mowing the grass. It takes everybody to make any organization run and structure and function. So Moses is standing there scared to death. His knees begin to quake. And, it, and there's something on the inside of us. When God begins to speak to us, there's something begins to call out. Deep calls out to deep, the scripture says. And, and when there's a yearning on the inside of your heart that God is, is speaking to you, and, and you can tell and sense and know that that is absolutely God. I can sense, God, that's you burning in that bush. I ain't just sitting there having a fantasy. I'm not dreaming. It's you, God. If you never had a counter like that, let your heart begin to yearn. Begin to decide right now, God, I want this 2017 to be a different year in my life. I want transition. I want to move, God. And I'd yearn, God, that you would talk to me. You will have a burning bush experience. I promise you, in 2017, every person in this room can have a burning bush experience with God. Moses said, I can't do it after he heard. God said, yes, you can if God thinks you can, who Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? I don't know if you know that verse or not, but you need to know it. Look at your neighbor and say, if God be for you. No. If God be for you, who can be against you? <laughs> the enemy has no choice in your life if God be for you. That's what that's saying. Moses eventually says, okay, God, I will go, but who am I going to tell him sent me? Who sent me? I know there's a God in heaven, and I know about my great-grandpa Abraham down ten different generations deep. I know I'll hear about Abraham sometimes. He had a God somewhere, and I think his name's Jehovah or something like that. Is that you? What's your name, God? Who am I going to say sent me? I'm a murderer, is what his heart was telling him. I killed a man I'll be tried for treason for killing one of the Egyptians but God says no go back don't worry about what you have done worry about what you will do that's better than you amen don't worry about what you have done worry about what you will do because your future is bigger than your past so Moses said okay who, who sent me God? And God rings out of that fire and says, I am that I am. And Moses goes back into Egypt, and he, he travels down through there, and he goes back to the Pharaoh, and he goes up Pharaoh. Uh, I'm here, Pharaoh, and I'm declaring that I am said to let his people go. What's Pharaoh do? He don't say, oh, well, I'm glad I am said that. I'll just, I'll just let them go. You know, I have six million slaves. I, I've got more workers than that. Just go ahead and take them. No, he says, they're not going to know where they're mine. They're my slaves. And I tell you this, that the enemy don't give up slaves very easily. I'm telling you, your family, the one that Moses was down there trying to get his kinfolk out of this slavery condition, your kinfolk, it ain't easy for my brother to walk out and go from being a slave to sin, is what Scripture teaches, into a freedom in Christ. Because the enemy's going to be waking him up every morning when he's driving to work and he's, he's listening to Christian radio and he's listening to preachers and whenever he's doing that, in the back of his mind, the devil's saying, yeah, but, yeah, but that ain't you. Your brother might have got it, but you didn't get it, Howie. You didn't get it. You're not good enough. You, you've you not obtained that point yet. You won't make it to heaven. Is it, am I saying anything to anybody in this room? If you're saved, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. The enemy would tell you he'll tear you down because he don't want you free. But he who the Son has made free is free indeed. Amen. My brother is free. And if my brother and me both get killed in the car wreck tomorrow morning, we're going to be in heaven together. That's That's a rejoicing thing. I'm happy about that. I'm joyous about that. Moses is telling Pharaoh, let my people go. Bring them out of slavery. Let them go. I am said so. My God said so. I was a burning bush that talked to me. He told me. Pharaoh's No. Send all the plagues, you know the plagues, over and over and over. Finally, the son dies. Moses, last time they Passover, over, we talked about that recently. Pharaoh says, take all your people and get them out of my land. And tell them to take all their possessions too. That's a big deal. That the enemy that wanted to keep them all, gave them all away to their freedom and give them their stuff too so my brother is coming out and everything that the enemy thought that he had in how his life how he got to keep his stuff and get Jesus too amen I claim that my brother gets to keep his stuff and he gets Jesus too amen it's just a bonus you don't have to give up all your stuff to come to Jesus that's what all of us have got a fear of. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too close to that Jesus thing because I'll have to give up all my stuff. You, you'll be glad that anything, any of the weight that was taken off your shoulder, I'm telling you, when my brother was sitting there and I prayed with him and I told him, just, just say Jesus, come into my heart, live in my life, change me, fix me. And he did it. He sat there and he prayed that prayer. He said, now what i got to do, I said, you got to call mom. That's what you have to do. You have to call mom. Yeah. I, I, I wish you could have seen him. Sitting there on that chair because he, he don't call nobody. He don't use the phone. You have to call him if you want to talk to Howie. He ain't calling you. No way. If you're sitting by your phone waiting to call him, you ain't going to get it. It ain't happening. And him picking up, and dial, I dialed the number for him. Handed it to him, here's here, mama. He's sitting there. I, I talked to mom first. I said, hey, mom, I got somebody here and need to talk to you. Oh, OK, well, who is it? I said, just here. Handed the phone over to Howie, and he looked. His going beginning to quiver. I said mom I accepted Jesus in my heart He's He's living in me and Her mom said well thank God <laughs> Well thank God I had him call Aunt Mary Told Aunt Mary Tore her up she was crying, bawling, and she loves us yeah. both. Amen. And my brother sat there, and he was sitting there when, when he first walked in. He had a weight on his shoulders that he couldn't bear. And he told me, He said, I can't do it no more. The weight's too much. I can't do it. I can't live anymore. And Sean, after he called Mary and Mom, and he sat there for a little bit and talked for a little bit more, and, and, it, and, it, and he's sitting there, and he said, Man, my head ain't even hurting. He said, Man, I, f- I feel free. <laughs> I feel free and he got up and, and there, he's like, I'm, I'm going to go home. <laughs> he just come from home with a burden, but he went back home liberated. He didn't have any weight on his shoulder. He didn't have a headache anymore. God released him of all the guilt and shame that was piled on him by the enemy. But my brother still owns his home, still owns his trucks, still got his chickens. But now he loves God and he loves people. The fear is gone. The fear is gone. Amen. It's amazing, man. It's about, And if you've never felt that, man, I urge you: yearn for God, and He will meet you right where you're at. Amen. Sean, am I testifying Amen. or not? He will meet you right where you're at. I still think about Sean coming up when he would walk up and say, "Man, I or something different. Something's happening to me." And he and Sean, he's kind of jittery anyway. He's he got to flail his arms, you know. And Rachel sat back there laughing because you know the old Sean. I remember seeing Sean stand up there and cuss for a half hour straight and. and drunker and Hootie Brown. I remember it. And to see Sean Brown sitting here like this, Laurie, it's an amazing thing. Only God. Thank God. Finally, Moses' cousins got to go and he leads them out. And that's the story that we read. Because when they got out in the wilderness, they began to tell Moses, how do we know that you're the only one hearing from God? I want to, we want to hear God for ourselves what they begin to tell him. I'm sick of listening to you, Moses, tell me what God said. Sometimes you probably get sick of hearing from me telling you what God said. And some of you are sitting here thinking, man, I'd like to hear God myself. The Bible says he'll send his Holy Spirit, and he'll, he will take up residence on the inside of your heart, and he'll speak to you directly. You don't need me. And if you feel like you only come to church to get a recharge once a week, it does charge me up. I love being together with brothers. I, I enjoy the fellowship of the saints. The Bible says to forsake not to assemble themselves together most, much more as we see the day approaching. We ought to come to church, but as we're sitting here today, it brings joy to our hearts. But I'm telling you, you don't have to get your recharge only on Sunday, Ernie. You can get it on Monday morning when you wake up and sit there and pray and read your Bible and get in your car and turn on Christian music and begin to thank God. Man, it, this is going to be a good week. Pastor say this is a mission, thank God. Do I have any mission, God? Is there anything you would like for me to do? You said, Moses, you use Moses. Will you use me, God? Yeah, I'll use you. Go do this. Go knock on that, that old lady's uh, uh, door down the road that just lives right down the road frame. Knock on her door. Go ahead and sit down and just drink a cup of coffee. She don't care about the coffee. She cares about somebody sitting there talking to her and if you'll listen to God he'll tell you things to do not me him learning to hear even a whisper sometimes you have to quit talking to hear I want to hear you God I want to listen to you Fasting helps do that. I promise you. I've lost seven pounds. Giving up my little Debbie's, Donna. And it's, it's awful. My belly's growling right now. My <laughs> we had corn and I don't even know what it was at lunch a while ago. It's awful. I know I ate two. I'm starving to death said to her, This is great. Just, she, I'm just like knocking something great by. Like, Amy, she just loves that stuff. They like it as Jason. It don't work that way. But Moses, burning bush experience. If you watch for small stuff, you'll find a big God. still small voice of God is what the scripture teaches that God speaks in a still small voice subtle times usually when you're unaware that it's even going to happen Moses went out that morning and thought he's going to lead the sheep around was going to eat some he's going to take them by the stream get them some water and take them back home that night but that day changed his life and he lives 40 more years living in freedom with his family And that began at 80 years old. He lived to 120 until they buried him. How long do you want to live? How much family do you desire? Are you desiring a burning bush experience? Maybe you've had sin in your life. Maybe there's something holding you back. It might be something like Moses had. He killed somebody. I don't know what your sin is, but God does. He's just telling you to lay it down because I got a plan for you, I got a mission for you. Let me have it, Howie. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but God does. Let's say you come play. God still speaks. Are you listening? Won't you stand? Moses had to learn to surrender to God to listen to God when God spoke I want everybody in here just close your eyes bow your head I want to ask you a very simple question is there people in this room that feels like you haven't felt God for a long time you sense right now that God is is pricking at your heart. He's talking to you right now. He's talked to you during this message. He lets you see that, hey, this is like me. This sounds like a story about me. Is there anybody here lift your hand and say, I wanna give my life to God. I wanna give my life to God. God, here I am, send me on a mission. Send me on a mission, God. Let me lay down the weight of sin in my life. Amen. Multiple hands. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in this place. Father, I thank you for everyone that raised their hand. Lord, I pray, you, I pray that you would just pour out blessings on their life. Lord, give them a burning bush experience. God, that they would know exactly what you're supposed to do. Talk to them directly, God. God, for every person in this room, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would just begin to help us as Bethesda. Lord, that you would lead and guide us in all truth. And God, that you would be with us during Bible study. and Lord, that you would be with us all year long as we go on this, this mission, of, of a, a year of mission, God. That you would just be with Bethesda. Lead us, God. Teach us. Equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, God. Help us to overcome all battles, all fears, all rejection, God. Lord, I break off the rejection over anybody in this room. If they feel rejected or neglected, God, or or abandoned, Lord, I just pray right now that you would just break that off of their shoulders. Lord, if there's any guilt in this place, there's uh, people here that maybe are feeling some guilt about some things they've done in their past. God, I just pray that you would just lift that burden off of their shoulders. Lord, let them feel a freedom right now. In the name of Jesus, I just decree a freedom to come over this place. Lord, that you would lift the burdens in this room. Lord, that they could walk in the newness of life, God. be an all-consuming fire in every life in this room, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.